Hey there everyone, I'm Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and in today's video we're going to be talking about the auto gnomes, which are literally just robotic gnomes. These tiny robots have left their creators behind and are making their way to your game tables as the first true playable construct race. We will get more into the Warforged and all that in just a second, but if the idea of playing a short droid in your D&D campaign sounds kind of neat, stick around for today's episode. Autonomes are built by gnome artificers in their image, which means each autonome is essentially a robotic version of a specific gnome. The actual technology and magic used to create them is vague and varied, so you're free to go with whatever textile suits you. Your autonome could be all brass and clockwork, steampunk, dieselpunk, cyberpunk, or whatever really just reflects your worldview. They're also varied in purpose. Some were made to be their creator's friends, while some were made to be their assistants or even just as servants for specific tasks. They're not really designed to be independent, though, and each autonome has their own story on how they came to be a free-thinking gizmo. This means from a creative standpoint, you've got a bunch of room to play with. What was their designer like, and how do their features show up in their design? What technology fuels them, and what do they look like? What were they originally designed to do, and what made them come alive, so to speak? These are questions that you don't really get to ask when building other types of characters, so I say take advantage of this very unique character building moment. Autonomes are using the new lineage format, so you're free to pick your own ability scores and a few other things like weights and heights. There's still a list of unique features for them though, and just like their very concept, they've got some weird ones. Let's go through each of them and see how they would fit in with your new robotic character. Starting with creature type, you're a construct a proper no-holds-barred construct this time. Not even Warforged are actually completely constructs, and that's because it has a ton of weird rules effects. See, the issue is that a lot of spells and abilities specifically target humanoids, and there's even more spells and abilities that specifically exclude constructs, because they're not, technically speaking, alive. Or at the very least, not meat-based life. There are several very important patch rules tucked into the Autonome's other features, but we'll get to those in just a second. Your size is of course small, and since this is a lineage and not a race, we don't get exact measurements per se. However, since they're modeled after gnomes, it's safe to assume they generally share gnome measurements and should be around 3 feet tall. Gnomes weigh around 40 to 45 pounds, but since these guys are typically made of metal or star stuff, your guess is as good as mine as to what exactly they weigh. And again, I like this because it presents an opportunity for you to really think about your character. As for speed, a 30-foot walking speed is actually quite generous when you consider that other small races usually get 25. Take it as a blessing that your speed is faster than the usual small fellows. And then we have armored casing. You get roughly the same natural armor feature as other races at 13 plus dex mod, which in most cases should be pretty decent as an AC. Not amazing, but a little better than light armor builds with full dex and a little worse than some medium armor builds with plus 2 dex. If you're not using dexterity at all with your build, this feature gets significantly worse and you may end up ignoring it altogether. The feature also strangely omits the typical you-can-use-a-shield-still rider that most other natural armor features have. So, I believe as written, an autonome couldn't use this AC with a shield. I suspect this is just an error of omission that will be fixed in the final version, but keep your eye on it. And then we have Built for Success, which is a feature that is incredibly useful since you can see the roll before throwing in this additional d4. 
You basically have a number of low-tier bardic inspirations every day equal to your proficiency modifier, and whenever you think you miss an important roll by a small margin, you can potentially turn it into a success. I worry this is a bit too good and will get nerfed somehow, but we'll see how that goes. With mechanical nature, this is a you-are-a-robot feature that frees you from the pitiful concerns of meat creatures. It's a powerful defensive feature that I expect will be relevant in a lot of situations. Also, don't ignore the no-breathing bit. This means you can survive underwater or even in a vacuum. There are some very sneaky shenanigans available to a creature that can survive in a pocket dimension as well. And then we have Sentry's Rest. Similar to the Elves' Trance feature, this brings up a lot of questions about what alert versus conscious really means. But it seems to work the same way, but you only shave two hours off a long rest instead of the Elves' four. And then we have Specialized Design. Toolkits are definitely underutilized, and getting any two free tool proficiencies here has a lot of potential. Thieves' Tools and Herbalism Kits are probably the most immediately useful options, but keep Tinker's Tools in mind if you're in a setting where repairing the spaceship, for instance, might be an issue. And then we have True Life, and this feature is basically a giant patch rule that either fixes or at least answers the really big problems with being a construct race. The spell Mending is a cantrip that can repair objects, and one of the first questions asked when construct races come up. See, healing on a cantrip is a big problem from a game design standpoint because it makes all healing essentially free between combat. After all, a player can cast Mending indefinitely, so why don't they just take a few minutes and heal themselves to full whenever they get hurt? This feature solves that by saying, yes, you can heal with Mending, just not infinitely. Autonomes do get to heal with a cantrip, but only so many times as they have hit dice another criminally underused mechanic in 5e. The second half of this patch rule concerns all, or at least the most important, healing spells that don't normally work on constructs. Their solution here was simply to patch in that these spells Cure Wounds, Healing Word, and Spare the Dying specifically work on autonomes. This means that the healer in the group isn't just out of luck when you're dying and leaking out oil on the floor. I'm not a big fan of patch rules in general, but I'm happy that they addressed the issue here and just made it work somehow. We'll see if they come up with something more intuitive with the rules for the final version, or if this patchwork just, you know, makes it into the book. Lineages let you pick your own ability scores, so there aren't any optimal classes anymore, at least by pure stats. Your autonome could just as easily be a barbarian or an artificer. However, the fact that the cantrip mending heals you equal to a hit die roll plus your constitution modifier should highly incentivize you to take a class capable of casting the spell. Artificers, bards, clerics, druids, and sorcerers, and wizards are all capable of casting mending, and I highly recommend any of them for an autonome character. They're also all classes that are typically lightly armored, and with the autonome's innate AC from their armored casing feature, it's a match made in heaven. This is one of those races, or lineages rather, that I read about, and I get really excited to have them as part of the game, and then I think about what the most devious players in my D&D group would do if they got their hands on a character sheet for an autonome. And the answer is that it's going to be something hilarious. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new videos like this every week. You can also support us on Patreon if you'd like to support us in other ways. And if you plan on building an autonome character, I would love to hear about your ideas down in the comments. My name is Patrick Ferguson from Skullsplitter Dice, and until next time, everybody, farewell.